welcome to the aggressive life. It's uh, it's the week right now of Christmas, and since I got you, I want to do something that gets lost in the hustle and bustle of the season. I want us to slow down and remember, remember what the season is for, as the old cheesy bumper sticker says. Jesus is the reason for the season. As much as I really don't like cheesy, religious-y sayings, let alone on a bumper sticker, hey, you want to be aggressive? Take your freaking religious bumper stickers off. That's the kind of aggression I'd like to see. Anyway, I digress. But, you know, I've, I've really gone from this place of bemoaning some of the trite religiosity frangs, sayings that are said to seeing how far our culture has come. I read a article in the New York Times about the four best new released Christmas albums you might want to check out. So I went out and I got them on Spotify and I was checking out. The first one I started off with was Kelly Clarkson. Kelly Clarkson! I like Kelly Clarkson. Remember that from 40-Year Virgin? Kelly Clarkson, she's, she's a really good woman. And she's got an amazing voice. And I like her album. There's just one thing about it. There's nothing Christmas about it. Like, nothing. There's nothing Christmas about it. Unless Christmas is just defined as, let's sing happy songs that make us feel good about one another. Unless Christmas is, hey, let's just do what's traditional and like it. Under those auspices, it's a Christmas album, but there isn't a single reference to Jesus in any of her songs. Again, I like Kelly Clarkson. I I, I, I liked her singing in the album, and you can like that, all that stuff. I just recognize that, boy, long gone are the days when artists would come out f- with a Christmas album and they would have a couple nods to Jesus. Now, look at the old-time Christmas albums, whoever it is. Mariah Carey, yeah, that's old-time. That was a few decades ago now. Mariah Carey, Bing Crosby, Dean Martin. I mean, these guys would always have kind of the holiday spirit in their songs, but there would always be a few nods to Jesus in the midst of it. Today's Christmas albums, there's no nods to Jesus in it at all, which shows it's really about what it's always been about, making money. It doesn't stop there. What's the hottest new thing that we have right now? Advent calendars with wine. (laughs) Wine and advent calendars. Now, I got to admit, as a person who had an advent calendar growing up, my parents made us go through, like, anything we could do to make advent calendars more happy, I'm all for it. And if alcohol makes your advent calendar more happy, God bless America. That was my initial thought of it. But then as I thought about it more, I thought, man, Costco, Aldi, all these different people getting into like the wine advent calendar. Friends, you do realize cultural appropriation is going on here. And you get canceled in our culture when you culturally appropriate something. You can't, you can't be European descent and then do something that Indians like to do, or excuse me, Native Americans like to do, or the first people like to do. You can't just do that because you're appropriating their culture for your own. You can't just go out and say, well, Ramadan means this, but I'm going to make Ramadan mean that. No, you, you, you can't do that. That's cultural, religious appropriation. You just can't take it and make your own. Yet in America, that's exactly what we've done. We've had religious appropriation of Christmas. The only reason anybody celebrates Christmas 
is because the early church decided to pick a day and say, let's celebrate Jesus' death on that day. That's the only reason. Now, we don't know exactly when his birth was, but the early church chose to celebrate it on this time. A whole bunch of things about what it had to do with the moon, other holidays were going on, all that stuff, all that stuff. There's nothing sacred or precious about December 25th or December 24th. The only thing that's sacred and precious is there's been a people called out by God that made an intentional decision to make this a holy day. That's what holiday is, a holy day. And now inside of America, everyone's into Christmas, but not really into at all Christ of the Christmas. It's a cultural appropriation. And I'm not here to be the the fun police. I'm not here to act like a middle-aged, angry white man. I'm saying this. Culture is going to sweep you down the river of cultural conformity, which is to make all of our holidays not holy days, to make all of our holidays about self-fulfillment, about materialism, about emotive responses, instead of pinning into a transcendent value, which is why a holy day, a holiday, has been instituted. So, hey, if you've got an advent calendar with wine, enjoy it, great. Fine, no worries. I downloaded Kelly Clarkson's Christmas album, and I'll, and, I'll, and I'll keep playing it. She's got an amazing voice, and I like to feel good. Nothing wrong with feeling good, and she's got some stuff that enables me to feel the feels during during Christmas. No, no problem there. All's good. But just between us, for those of us who want to go a different direction, we got to take claim that this is a message I want in my life. And Costco or whatever wine company and Kelly Clarkson, wherever else it is, they don't choose what I think about a Christmas. I choose. So the rest of our time, I'm just going to read Luke chapter 2, verse 1 to 20. This is the Christmas story. This is it right here. I, I do a reading like this or something else with my family at uh, Christmas morning meal. And uh, you've kind of become my family. You're my podcast family. So I'm going to do this with you, if you don't mind. I'm just going to read this. And then uh, I might comment on it. Something strikes me, I'll, I'll say it. So here we go. Luke chapter 2, verse 1. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth, and she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. 
For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went out from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying God and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it has been told. There's so many different characters in the Christmas story. All of them bring a different flavor of Christmas and the character of God. And this one, we see a bunch of people who are downtrodden outcasts. I mean, everybody is hurting here who's in on the Christmas experience, except for, except for the angels. We've got the Mary and Joseph who are having to travel while they're pregnant. They're having to travel while an ominous cloud hangs over them that, oh, yeah, sure, Mary, she got pregnant by God. Yeah. It's a very, very difficult journey for them, not just physically, but also emotionally. They are in a hard way. They take cloths and wrap them around Jesus, wrapped him in swaddling cloths. These cloths are the same cloths that our next characters understood, the shepherds. Shepherds were the lowliest of the low. They were the blue-collar workers of the day that people didn't want to be. It was a lonely job. It was a dirty job. It was a grueling job. You don't want to grow up and become a shepherd who spends time with ugly, dumb, filthy animals out in the middle of the field. In fact, the Bible calls you and I the sheep of God. (laughs) That shows us how much God thinks of us. These shepherds decide to move. They move. They hear this thing from the angel, unto you a child is born, and they move. They get going. They don't sit around and philosophize about it. They don't theorize about it. They get moving. They are aggressive. The fascinating thing they see is when they see Jesus, they see a tie to their old world. I've been to this place where the shepherds were. I've been to Bethlehem a bunch of times, and I've been to the fields where these shepherds have been. Many of them are built up with houses, but there's still fields there right now. It's very well known that these shepherds in this region were the shepherds that provided the lamb to the sacrificial system in Jerusalem. These were the lambs that would go and be sacrificed in the temple where God would cover over the sin of the Israelites. These shepherds who are cultivating those sheep would make sure they were a sheep that had no blemish in it whatsoever. So they would take cloths and they would take these strips of fabric 
and they would wrap them around the feet of the lamb. In the book of Malachi, God really comes down on his people and says, you know, you're just not giving me your best. A governor or some celebrity comes over to your house, some YouTube celebrity comes over to your house, you give them the best, but I come over to your house and you, you, you don't give me the best. They said, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? He said, you, you give me your crippled lambs. You give me your lambs that have spotted dots all over them. You say, well, I'm supposed to tithe, give one out of 10 lambs to God. So, oh gosh, too bad God's lamb is a paraplegic. I'll give that one over. He says, no, I want your best, your best. And so in the temple, the best was supposed to be the best. And so they wanted these lambs going to the temple that didn't have blemishes. It didn't even have nick pads on the bottom of the feet or cuts there. That was the shepherd's world, taking care of lambs. And what do you know? They come upon where the angels told them to go. And they see this child wrapped in swaddling cloths. What are swaddling cloths? The exact cloths that the shepherds used to wrap their lamb. See, they used swaddling cloths not just because Mary and Joseph were hurting and they were in poverty and they couldn't afford an entire size blanket. They also used it because what was available, and that was available in that area. The very Lamb of God wrapped in swaddling cloths. These shepherds saw the same linen they use to protect their lamb because their lamb was to be sacrificed. That was the appropriate wrapping of Jesus. He is a gift for you, friends. He is a gift that's wrapped up for you. And his gift was ultimately given not on Christmas Day, His gift was given when he went to a cross for you where he sacrificed his life for you. He laid down his life for you on the altar of God known as a cross for my sin and for your sin. Christmas recognizes the beginning of that journey. The journey of being an unblemished lamb as only God could be unblemished who is born with not just a human nature but a divine nature because God placed him inside the womb of Jesus and enabled him for the next 30 years of his life to live a sinfully unblemished life. He never fell, sinfully speaking. He never canceled people. He never judged people. He never had private things he did on his own that brought would have brought shame to, to everybody else if they had known. No, he was the Lamb of God that goes to the cross blemished because he's been wrapped in swaddling claws. That is the message of Christmas. It starts off that journey, and it's a journey you and I need to recognize and celebrate. That is Christmas. Hope this helps you make the aggressive move that you need to do of pausing this holiday. Do all the gifts. Do all the Advent wines. Do all the Kelly Clarkson stuff. Do all the, do all the normal festivities, but please... Do yourself and everybody around you a favor and wrap yourself in the truth of Christmas, the transcendent truth that you are loved, you are cared for. And how do we know? Because Jesus died for you and Christmas was the start of that process. That's it for the aggressive life in 2021. 
We'll be back with new episodes starting Tuesday, January 11th. Till then, Merry Christmas and keep living your aggressive life. Hey, thanks for listening. For all things aggressive living, why don't you head over to bryantome.com. Find my new book, Move, a guide to get up and go forward, as well as articles and much, much more. And no matter where you listen to podcasts, why don't you take a second and leave us a rating, leave us a review. It really, really helps us drive new listeners to the show. We want to help as many people as possible, just like we may have helped you. We want to help others. So why don't you help us out? And if you want to connect, find me on Instagram, at Brian Tome. The Aggressive Life with Brian Tome is a production of Crossroads Church, Cincinnati, Ohio.